FTL Day Ones, part of Locked On Sports Atlanta. And it starts now. What's happening, everybody? Welcome to ATL Day Ones. I am Tanitra Batiste, and why our boy, while our boy Jarvis Davis continues on his fabulous vacation, we have another fabulous guest host in today. So, want to introduce you guys, and really don't need an introduction for the three-time Pro Bowler, the former Eagle, and those other teams with former Eagle, because that's when I watched him and loved watching his play on the field. But now he's off the field and has been so for a while, holding it down over at 92.9 Game as co-host of the morning show and it is my friend and big brother Hugh Douglas what's happening Hugh what's going on Tanitra how you doing hey I am good good we haven't had a chance to host a podcast together in a minute so I am excited to have you back especially because we've got a super pack show today we've got some breaking news it's gone from five to three to one for a blue chip player but that road may not be coming through Georgia for that player also well, the Braves did the Braves brave again on Wednesday night. And what's it looking like for them Thursday? And of course, D-Day is finally here. That is draft day. NBA draft day is here. So we're going to talk about what that means for the Hawks as far as moving parts, even as it relates to free agency. And finally, for the culture, Hugh and I have a bone to pick on something that has touched both of us and aggravates mess out of us but we'll talk about it for the culture <laughs> first things first you i'm just gonna go right in and read you some information that you have actually been following closely uh especially following the game of college football seeing what it means to our georgia dogs here in the state of georgia and just looking at first it was georgia alabama lsu clemson and virginia right that was <laughs> some, sort of the first round of final finals then it came down to Georgia, Alabama, and Texas, right? Yes. And now, blue chip, top prospect, Isidore Newman from New Orleans, coming down the pipeline of the all-incomparable Mannings is Arch Manning, and he has made his choice, and he's going to Texas. Austin, here comes Arch. Yeah, you know, when I heard it, I was a little surprised. I always <laughs> thought Georgia was in the front runner especially when you look at the season that Georgia just coming off of, looked at, at the position that Texas is in. Mm -hmm. I know Texas, Texas coming to the SEC, but yes. they're not the SEC right now. Exactly. And I thought that's what gave Georgia the leg up in this and the fact that Kirby Smart has built a phenomenal program there. Yes. I really thought Georgia was the front runner. Texas is up and coming. But when you talk about being in a position almost immediately to win a championship, I always felt it was Georgia. Obviously, Arch and his family felt something different, mm -hmm. and they decided to go to Texas. Yeah, and it's interesting because we often think about the game of basketball, whether it's college level or pro level, as being that game where the friend picks up the phone and calls the friend and says, hey, man, come and join me on this team, right? But it seems like here one of the strong factors of consideration was maybe Arch following his friend, uh, tight end Will Randall, a three-star prospect out of Isidore Newman in New Orleans, who whom Arch has played with a couple days ago, he announced his commitment to Texas. So maybe that had a piece in it too. You know what? That was speculated to Nitra. I, I didn't believe it at first because I just felt like I never met Arch Manning, but you know, knowing the, the Mannings, the way that I do played against Eli and Peyton, uh, I just kind of felt that he wanted to make his own mark. And I guess he felt 
like he could do that at Texas. I just didn't think it, you know, the way that it was presented to us, like he was following somebody. He just didn't seem like he was a follower. Like, right. I, I don't know if that's the case, but it was speculated. Hey, congratulations for him. I mean, no matter where he goes, he's going to be a phenomenal talent, I assume, when you talk about all, this, all the hype that's coming around him. It's going to be a lot of pressure on him, though, to win a championship yes. there because those hook em, hook em horn fans, they're excited. They're through the moon. They're already thinking national championship already. <laughs> 14 playoff. He ain't, even, he ain't even on campus yet. And they're already making plans. Right. And you make such a great point because they have not seen the likes of a quarterback. What's like that since Vince Exactly. That's exactly where I was going yeah, with it. They yeah. single-handedly put a team and a program on his back and brought oh, that, yeah. that program a championship. But, hey, what Steve Sarkeesian might be able to do with him, we'll all be watching, and we shall see what happens. But, yes, Arch Manning, breaking news, he has decided that he is going to take his talents to Texas. Now, Braves, love what they have been able to do in this Giants series, right? And you talk about bringing their talents back to Truist Park after a pretty decent outing on the road. And they're wrapping up this first of two huge series today. But before we talk about what's happening today over at Truist Park in the series finale, man, Hugh, we got to talk about last night where the Braves found themselves down three runs in that ninth inning. And you're wondering to yourself, okay, is this literally going to be a situation where the Braves are going to just you know, not be able to come back. Because again, we're talking about the Braves of this year. And you look at the fact that they were like, what? Oh, and 26 when they were trailing in the eighth inning or later, not when they were tied going into that ninth inning, but just trailing, yeah. if you will. And you really are wondering if it's going to be that team or if it's going to be the team that had a walk-off win against the Giants earlier in the series. And that's exactly what we got out of uh, out of the Braves last night. And it was just good to see because it was a combination of things. It was good pitching. Charlie Morton with a good another good bounce-back game. It was also Adam Duvall with the walk-off single. But like he said, it was William Contreras setting that up and some strong, aggressive base running that we even saw earlier from Marcel Ozuna that was able to get them that 4-3 win. Oh, there's, there's no question about that. You're talking about a resilient baseball team. That's what I yeah. see from this team. You know, I was telling my partner, John Cricket, this morning on the morning show, I was like, after a win like that, after coming back like that, being down for so long, I was kind of wondering, how do you go to sleep after that, Tanitra? <laughs> I mean, because that was exhilarating. That was exciting. You saw these guys after the game. You saw Adam Duvall and everybody giving him hugs and everything. Yeah. And you're asking yourself, because that game ended about, what, 10, 30, 11 o'clock? That was, then yeah. Turn, then they had to turn right back around and play about noon. Mm -hmm. I'm like, wow, how are you going to go to sleep after that? But, <laughs> right. you know, I guess 162 games do that for you. And you just got to get out there and do it again. I, I like the way that they're playing right now. They're a team that, you know, a couple weeks ago, everybody was talking about how they were beating up on tomato cans. <laughs> now they're playing some good teams, and they're, they're showing their resilience. They're showing their grit. And every other cliche is word that you can use in this situation to show that the Braves are never say quit. Yeah, and you gave me exactly what I was going to ask you, which is, okay, now all the commentary about them playing scrub teams. What can you say when they're playing a team like the Giants? Who, they're right there with Padres. They're right there with the Dodgers in the NL West vying for that division. And the Braves are coming up on the winning side of it. And you mentioned a word that comes to mind for me, and it's clutch. We're seeing that they're showing that clutch gene again, even with Charlie Morton. He's looking like that old Charlie Morton. You know, he did allow the two runs, but 11 Ks, 
11 Ks. And really, yeah. it's not just about that game, Hugh. But when you look across the last three starts, you're talking about 32 strikeouts. And we talk all the time about how the Braves started the season with some issues with giving up walks. Only one walk in those three outings and also a sub ERA when at one point this season, he was over six with his ERA. So once again, good to see Charlie looking like Charlie, old Charlie. Oh, no question about that. I know it's a little rocky at the beginning of the game, especially when you give up a home run out on your yeah. first pitch. It's a little rocky, but you like the way that he settled down. The defense mm -hmm. played well behind him. I think that was somewhat the unsung hero last night as well. Because you look at the, the, the Giants pitcher, he looked like he was about to pitch a no-hitter for a long yes. time. So, yes. you know, for that, that defense to play the way that they played last night and help him out and keep it to two runs and allow them to be in position, that was mm -hmm. really, really good. Really, really. Yeah, good. you're absolutely right. The one thing you mentioned about the home runs, yes, that is something that Charlie Morton, you know, it's, it's going to get better, I believe, because he, of course, has given up those four home runs, those solo shots these last couple of games. But the key point that you made was the fact that he settled in. And once he settled in and the Braves were able to give him what they needed to on defense and just a little bit of offense, they were able to get the win and hopefully get another win so that they can get this series win heading into what we know is the big series with the return of Freddie Freeman and the Dodgers. Freddie Freeman coming back to yeah. Yes, Freddie Freeman is in. Yeah, it's going to be interesting. Something else is interesting and intriguing that you and I are going to talk about when we come back. It is D-Day across the NBA. What is that going to look like for these Atlanta Hawks? So stick around. We'll talk about it on the other side. It's ATL Day Ones. To ATL Day Ones, I am Tanitra Batiste, and I have here with me three-time pro bowler and morning show co-host on 92.9 The Game and my friend Hugh Douglas. Hugh. The last yes. 24 hours have been crazy, but I know the next 12 to 24 hours are going to be crazy as well because it's NBA draft time. So, you know, the Hawks have been in every single trade scenario that you can think of, especially these last 24 hours. And who has been in the middle of every single trade rumor, it seems like, John Collins. And oh, no so question about that. One yeah. thing about this, and like you said, no question, one thing is for sure. The way the Hawks team is currently constructed and the way it's going to look when we have this conversation tomorrow, I'm thinking it's going to be night and day. Now, the question becomes, how do you get from the current Hawks roster to that new looks, uh, new look Hawks roster? And, you know, I want to just read this literally because it's DeJounte Murray, it's Harrison Barnes, it's Rudy Gobert, it's uh God, my God, I mean, there's so many of them out there. Donovan Mitchell was another one that was thrown around. Exactly. I mean, literally every scenario. But I got to tell you, who I don't know about you, and I want to get your thoughts on this, but all of the scenarios seem to have a caveat to them in some way, shape, or form that we couldn't quite figure out how to make sense of until I heard about DeJounte Murray last night. Then I got excited. Then I said, I think this might be the first one that kind of sort of isn't making me say, make it make sense. You know, it's funny. I'm glad you said his name because I was just sitting here to meet your side. I'm like, how the hell do I pronounce this man's name? Because, you know, <laughs> I wanted to say, I didn't know how to pronounce I was like, is it Deontay? Deontay? Right. I'm glad, I'm glad you said it. I'm glad you said it. But that's the one that has been kicked around quite a bit. That's the one that, you know, I was talking to Andy and Randy today. Mm -hmm. uh, Bucky Pants, you know, he's doing the draft coverage later on this evening. Yes. He was talking about that's the guy that we want. That's the guy that has been bantered around a lot. But I'm going to tell you what, Tanitra, I'm the type of guy, like, when I when I 
make my assessment and, and, mm -hmm. and my opinion about what's going on with the Hawks or anybody for that matter. Mm -hmm. You got to listen to the tea leaves. You got to listen to what people yeah. are saying. You know, you got to listen to the to the, uh, the new Landry Fields, the new GM for mm -hmm. the Hawks. You have to listen to what Travis Slink is saying. You have to listen to uh, what Tony Ressler has not said. Mm -hmm. And everybody that uh, Steve Kuhn and everybody that's involved with the Hawks. And it just sounds to me uh -huh. right now, and this is going to hurt probably a lot of people's feelings, the Hawks might stand pat. I, I think that they might just go into the draft and, and draft a young man, and it's going to be a developmental thing. Because look at it like this. John Collins' name has been linked to trade rumors for like two years. Two years. It seems like. Exactly. At least two years. You're right. You're and, right. And, and he has gotten paid here. Uh, you look at the season that he had last year. It was banged up a lot. Mm -hmm. You look at uh, Bogdan Bogdanovich. You look at you look at Clint Capella. A lot mm -hmm. of these guys were banged up, and you look at the fact that they were young, and and Trey Young had said early when the season started that the regular season was boring. Right. I think that they feel like they have a good nucleus of players on the team. I feel like I honestly feel like John Collins is going to be here. Now they might go get another shooter, or they mm -hmm. might try to develop one of those young shooters. Sharif Cooper might be a guy. You know, Jalen Johnson and Sharif Cooper are two two more young players that a lot of people complained about didn't play a whole lot. Now you're right. going to add another young guy into the mix, mm -hmm. and he's not going to play. So it's one of those things you look at, because the name I keep hearing is what? Ty Ty Washington, the young man. Yeah, he's one. He's one. Yeah. So it, it's one of those things where I look at, and I'm like, okay, I'm comfortable with adding another shooter. I'm, I'm comfortable with adding somebody that's going to add you a little bit more offense. But you talk to some pundits, and they say that we should get better defensively. Yes. You know? Oh, God, yeah, yeah. So it's one of those things where I, I, it's kind of hard to say. If I mm -hmm. had, if, if I was a betting man, I would say that that DeJounte, the, the, the I keep, I'm going to mess it up again, DeJounte Murray would probably be, be the guy that we trade for. But it's, but how much are we willing to give up? And I, I don't think John Collins yes. is going to be that guy. though. And that's the question I had as well. Is it just sort of a Murray – for JC trade Head or up, straight up, yeah. right. If, if, if it's a straight up trade, not that I think that's a bad thing, by the way, but if it's a straight up trade or th that's fine. But if it's not a straight up trade, then who would be packaged in that deal? And I'm going to just throw out names just as an example, because when you look at DeJounte, he of course is what, you know, a point guard, but he's kind of that guy who can, he's long, you know, he's got mm -hmm. this unbelievable wingspan. It's and he's crazy. bigger. He's, he's a little bit bigger to trade. And you can, there you, go. you got two guys that can, that can make, make some offense for you. And, yeah. and that's what we're kind of looking at because another guy that name they was throwing out there, uh, Spider. Uh, yeah. Devo yeah. Donovan Mitchell. Yeah. Donovan Mitchell. They're him and Trey are about the same size. Right. So that might be somewhat of an issue. So what I'm looking at, like, you would like to have somebody a little bit bigger because I don't know about you, Tanisha, but I still have PTSD for those all those traps and that ball yes. that Miami played against them in the in the, uh, in, the, in, in the in the in the postseason. So it's one of those things where, you know, you got to figure out a way to get Trey some help because I, I think the biggest problem defense was a problem because we talked about this many times on the morning show. Yes, but I also feel like in that series in particular. We got inconsistent shooters, and we got Trey. He at what is he at like twelve points or something crazy like mm -hmm. that during the finals? Yeah, like, yeah, something crazy like that. So we need somebody that's going to take some pressure off of him, and and can shoot when they do things like that to Trey when they try to box him in and, and trap mm -hmm. him and things of that nature. Right, but that's why I actually like 
going back to this DeJounte Murray trade, yeah. that's actually why I like him because real talk, back at the trade deadline, I was hoping that the Hawks would go after another spur, Derek White, who actually showed some real strong signs across the postseason, ended up with the Celtics and, mm-hmm. and had himself a, a really good postseason. But what I like about Murray, because, hey, being on the court as the in-game analyst for the Hawks, I got to see this dude torch the Hawks and torment them mm-hmm. up close and personal where I literally was like, you think maybe we can put three, four, five folks on him because he was destroying the Hawks. And so just seeing what he was able to do, and I'm talking like two-way play, destroying mm-hmm. them, right? So when I saw that, because he's darn near a double-double machine himself at guard. So if you got somebody in the backcourt that's going to be a potential two-way player and giving you strong rebounds and assists, can handle, you know, giving you another ball handler, can work off the ball, can create his own shot, all of the above, and just to that earlier point, take some of that pressure. Yeah, exactly. Consistent. And consistently take the pressure off of Trey Young. I would go for that. And look, that's a lot for me to say because, you know, Hugh, when we talked about the Hawks over the, especially the back half of this uh, last season, right? Mm-hmm. When we talked about them, we've literally talked about the fact that there were kind of three camps, if you will. One camp was, my God, they need a better wing because everybody had figured out that's the way to beat them. You just kick it out. And shoot, you know, just drive, kick out, shoot. And if your three is on, that's game. So that was one camp. Another camp was, like you said, uh, wanting to get Trey some uh, help in the backcourt, particularly on defense, if you will. And then the third was kind of like, yeah, we got a good center, but we might need kind of a better. Somebody a little bit more dominant, yeah. There you go. Just a little bit more dominant. So you had kind of those three camps coming into this entire offseason. And, you know, I've always been the one who kind of like, getting the wing, right? I was like, okay, let's get the wing. But so far, there really hasn't been a wing that's kind of been a part of the conversation from a trade perspective. So that kind of tells me, and I don't know about you, Hugh, but rarely have you heard in these trade scenarios a departure of an Anyeka Okongwu or the departure of a DeAndre Hunter, right? So No, you haven't. Yeah, so if those conversations are not happening and you're looking to keep those wings, then I'd also like to see the Hawks maybe stand pat at 16, because if you stand pat at 16, then you get Jalen Williams, who gives you, um, he's, you know, that small forward out of Santa Clara. Mm-hmm. He gives you what you need. He's another one with a ridiculous wingspan. He's another one who's got good court vision. He can shoot. He can make plays. So I'm okay if they stand pat. But you know what's funny about that, Tanisha, we were talking mm-hmm. about today. You, you have some people, you have a fourth camp. That fourth camp is win now. That's that win yeah. now. They feel like Trey's in his prime. However you you get know it. the funny thing mm-hmm. about it is this. Uh, I was watching the finals, uh, Golden mm-hmm. State and, and the Boston Celtics, and they were talking about how uh, Steph Curry didn't really get into his prime until he was like 27 years old. True, true. Trey's 24. Yep. And then, you know, the, like the unfortunate thing about the NBA in any professional sport mm-hmm. is that the players don't have time to, to, to gel, you know, because it's an instant win now scenario. Yes. And I think the unfortunate thing, well, it's a good thing too, because they got the city lit that mm-hmm. the Hawks had success. I think their timeline was moved up a little bit. Yes. And, 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 and you know, you see John Collins, like he was on the, he was on the rise. He looked mm-hmm. like he was going to be a good player. Yeka yeah. Okongwu looked like he's going to be a good player. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But the unfortunate thing about it is, you know, everybody get, got paid. Kevin Herter got his money. John Collins got his money. Uh, Trey Young said it. This th- we went to the playoffs last year. We were like one ankle injury away 
from going to the to the to the finals when you right. talk about playing against the Milwaukee Bucks. And now you have Crazy. the year that we had where you know injuries decimated us. Uh, the fact that that Trey Young, I know he was a young guy, but he said it that mm-hmm. the regular season didn't matter, and you had a bunch of guys that didn't give us the same thing that they gave us last year. So now this is why we're having all these conversations. But that's why I firmly believe that as much as we want this team to change, mm-hmm. I really – I'm starting to think it's not going to change as much as we think it's going to change. Now, there might be another – a wing player, like another shooter or somebody. But I don't think, like, for the core guys like John Collins and Kevin Hurd and those guys, mm-hmm. I would say probably the guy that's probably going to be gone is both. Probably Bogey. Bogey's probably going to be the guy that's going to be good. Yeah, yeah I, I would agree. I definitely suspect that that's uh, he's somebody, or or maybe even, you know, we did not mention him, but maybe even a Gallinari, because then you start talk, talking about maybe. the complimentary contracts. And we know that in the NBA by far, their contracts are as complicated as it gets. That's why nobody really has been talking about a CC move, because at the end of the day, that, comp, that contract may be too complicated. But guess what? We'll all find out tonight the whole crew, Landry Fields, Travis Schlink in that front office, along with Nate McMillan, are going to be posted up at the Emory Sports Complex tonight, making it all happen. So everybody is going to be looking up to North Atlanta to see what this Hawks team is going to look like later tonight. Headed Can't to wait to see. Can't Cannot wait, wait because we sure will be watching. And when we come back, we hope you guys stick around to check us out because we'll be talking about For the Culture and you're going to want to stick around with us because you and I, oh, we're hot about something. We'll talk about it on the other side. Back to ATL Day Ones. I am Tanitra Batiste and this is my guy, Hugh Douglas, a three-time Pro Bowler and the co-host of The Morning Show at 92.9 The Game. One more of our five-star guest hosts. And why am I calling him five-star? Because that's what we bring to you guys. And that's why you keep giving us five-star reviews on all of the platforms where you listen to your podcast. And also the reason that you guys have us up to 2,000 subscribers. We really appreciate that. Keep rocking with us on YouTube, following the whole Locked On Sports Atlanta family and liking us and subscribing on our channel. Because, hey, we talk about fun things, sports entertainment and the culture, just like we're going to do right here once again in For the Culture. So, Hugh, you and I have been touched by this, whoo, this aggravating situation that literally just burns me up. And one of our guys, Vince Carter, had to deal with it himself. (laughs) Yeah. So there he is, you know, minding his own business, but folks got to go and try to take what he earned at his Buckhead Mansion. Officers were called out because Literally, he had a robbery at his home this week. And I believe it was actually Wednesday, uh, just yesterday that they were called out. And $16,000 of what was taken was recovered. But apparently there was a small portion of $100,000 in cash that he kept in his closet. So according to that report, his wife called 911. They came around midnight, said she thought she heard noises. Someone was breaking in. And literally, she wasn't injured, thank God, but police, I guess, had to uh, kind of break in, if you will. But yeah, it was a crazy situation where they also found large amounts of $100 bills spilled on the ground. What the heck? Uh, when I heard this story, Tanisha, my, my heart went out to him and his family because it's one of those things where I can only imagine what he's going through, knowing that he wasn't there to protect his family, yeah. that his family was hiding in the closet. And then I thought about the, the brazen... The, the brazenness of these attackers or these burglars to go in this man's home. So it kind of makes you wonder, 
I mean, who's watching his home to know mm -hmm. that he wasn't there and they thought yep. it was empty. Uh, there's a lot of other stuff that I want to say, but I'm, I'm going to be PC because, you know, when you run up on somebody's property like that, you get what you deserve. And I'm just yeah. going to leave it like that. And, oh, yeah. Well, like they say, when you run up, you get done up. So be careful. You get what you deserve, man. But it's it's unfortunate that, that the times that we're living in now. Yeah. That that people feel the need or, or, or they're in a position where they feel like they have to take something that doesn't belong to them. I mean, it's, it's, it's unfortunate that we're dealing with that right now. But the only thing I can say is, man, just just be careful when you're out there in the streets. Protect mm -hmm. yourself. And be aware of your surroundings. I mean, yeah. at all times, ladies, for your female listeners, when you're getting gas, make sure you're getting your gas in, in, in the daytime. Yeah. If you have yeah. a significant other, if that dude don't get his butt up off the couch and go put gas in your car, something wrong. But if you don't have a significant other, go somewhere where they're pumping gas. You can go to Costco. Get you a Costco car. Yeah. And, and, yeah. and have them pump your gas for you. But ladies, be careful out there because it's unfortunate that this is the time that we're living in. But, you know, robbing season is in right now. It, really it is. is. It really is. And you've seen it, you know, unfortunately had a car stolen. I haven't. It's been a minute for me. It's been a while. But I've had that situation where you kind of come home and you're like, OK, where's my car? I know I parked it in this space and my car is not there. And it's a very yeah. painful feeling because you feel violated. You know, yes. you feel violated and you feel like I worked hard for this and you thought it was OK for you to take what I worked for. And then, like you said, I can't imagine for his wife, like the fear that came over her and feeling like trying to make the right decision. And she made a, a good decision to make that call quickly and get the cops over. But just those moments of terror that she must have felt not knowing what in the world was going to transpire on the other side of those sounds that she heard. So, yeah, I, I just like you said, heart goes out to him and his entire family. Thankfully, no one was injured. And we definitely hope that the APD finds the culprit. But to end on a light note, to end on a light note, John Morant, the player is not going anywhere, but John Morant, the giraffe, is. So there is a giraffe in Memphis who's named after the player, John Morant. And uh -huh. apparently he's a super popular giraffe. And they got him uh, earlier. Uh, I think he's been there for a couple years now, as, as, as long as Ja has been there. And he's called Ja Raff. But anyway, <laughs> he is moving to Utah. I just thought that was the cutest thing because, you know, it just speaks to, again, the popularity of John Morant and how much he is just that city has just embraced him in even the funnest of ways. Oh, especially after this playoff series that he oh, had. Yeah. He was just bananas. If that if that young man would have stayed healthy, there's no telling what it could have been. They wouldn't get past Golden State, but still. Right. still a, yeah, you know, it was still a, it was still a one heck of a series, no question about it. No question about it. I mean, just like you said, it was just fun. It was yeah, fun for was all bad. of us to just check out. Uh, scary at times, you know, when he's playing against yeah, the high fly, High flyer. Definitely yeah, high like, flyer. Exactly. But, you know, thankfully when he played, at least uh, here, when they played the Hawks, everything was all good. But uh, definitely somebody that uh, is starting to put the fear in folks. And speaking of putting the fear in folks, we hope the Braves put the fear into the Giants and keep their foot foot on the gas, not foot, as our boy Randy McMichael would say. Feet, yeah, the foots, the feet. Yeah, the foots on next. But we hope that they are able to pull it out right now as of our recording of this show. That game is all tied up over at Truist Park in the series finale. But hey, however it plays out, Hugh and I are going to talk about it tomorrow. Cannot wait because Hugh loves the tea 
And sometimes we love to be petty, so we can't wait to talk about all of the tea and pettiness of the NBA draft that is taking place tonight. If you want to hear about it, stop back by tomorrow on ATL Day Ones. We'll talk about it. And don't forget, whenever you have a chance to, after you listen to us, stop by A to Z with Mark Zeno because he's got the tea for you, too. Thanks again. Be careful because it's hot in them ATL streets today. It's hot. It's hot. It's really hot. Yeah. Yeah.